I think I'm having an art attack. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Art Attack with your host Justin Bua, best painter in the world, and me, Lizzie Daston, art historian. And today we have a very special guest, Fred Lidskog, who is a social media maven and tastemaker, urban anthropologist, very inspirational person, and he runs the platform Impermanent Art, and is the perfect person for us to talk to today as we discuss the intersections between social media and art. So welcome, Fred. Thank you very much. Honored to be here on one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, I really have been learning a lot from you guys. So yeah, it's cool to be here. Well, hopefully we're going to learn from you. And thank you for saying it's your favorite and lying right out of the bat. (laughs) Lizzie's very hyperbolic because you're a maven and I'm the best painter in the world. So clearly she's also hyperbolic, uh, which is great, which is good. Uh, so tell us what you do. Like, what is your thing, and and how can we and our audience learn from you? Okay, um, I get. I'll, I'll give a little bit of background to start. Um, I, I basically run, run an Instagram account called Impermanent Art, and I cover the LA street art scene. Um, the timing of it all, I think, is kind of interesting to me because uh, I, I would say street art in LA kind of blew up in the late two thousands. Um, around the time in like the media landscape, blogs were a big deal and like blogs had huge audiences. Like that's where everybody got all their information and about a bunch of different topics. And then, you know, around the time Instagram came on the scene in like 2012, 2013, um, yeah, I was, I was going around town, like kind of enamored by the street art world and trying to take pictures and finally had this sort of place to put it where I could show people. And, and around that time, yeah, the, the, the attention of people, just sort of started leaving blogs and going towards social media. Mm. Um, and yeah, there'd been this like beloved street art blog in LA called Melrose and Fairfax that, that, um, I, I was crazy about and they were kind of like ending a run right around that time and sort of, uh, there was a bit of a vacuum and I think people did start looking to Instagram and, 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 uh, luckily like for me, um, my account at the time and like, that's where people started getting some of the information about what was happening out there. And, and, um, yeah, I just sort of seen it, kind of grow and, and, and evolve from there. Um, yeah, it's just been fascinating to see, like, for me, how, how the, the street art world and the art world um, sort of uh, what, what, what the role of social media has been and, and, and uh, anyway, what, what different people get out of it. Just so our audience knows, Fred's a very handsome guy, by the way. <laughs> I think everybody knows there. that. He's got a very full head of hair. <laughs> he's got a very George Michael five o'clock shadow. And he's way bigger than you think he is. He doesn't sound big or handsome. And he's also very nice. Yeah, so he's those, very nice. All of those things together should just not he's be kind of buffed. So just it's just a little extra. So he's, you're, you're, I'm painting a picture. I'm painting a picture here so that people know. And you know what he doesn't do is he does not post Shave. a lot of what? Uh, right. He doesn't post a lot of photos of himself on his Instagram account. Good. A lot of people capitalize <laughs> on their good looks, and Fred doesn't. But anyway, something that I really just appre- want to stay behind the scenes. Thank <laughs> you. That's a- good. <laughs> so also come for the art, stay for the compliments. Ah, oh, that's good. What I really like about these 
these platforms, the social media archive, is that it really does become a way to do research. And for me, I use impermanent art all the time. I'll go through, I'll know some, that I've seen something that if something exists that you're going to have posted a photo of it. And so I'll often scroll through your account to figure out who the artist is. And so I think a lot of people, they are interested in just taking a picture, posting it, but nobody really says, oh, this is by so-and-so. And so you legitimize, you're creating an archive. And I think that that has tremendous value. I also find it very interesting that street artists seem to have a very huge Instagram following, which makes sense because A of all, it's something that people can share readily and easily. It's easily available. It's easy to tag. It's easy to share. And while most artists don't really have giant Instagram accounts, it seems like even your average street art guy has a pretty big following. And it's just because, I guess, right, that Instagram is a visual landscape where it's easily identifiable and it could just go, it could just get out there. It get outs. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> it gets, it out. gets out there, you know, into, into the universe really fast and snowballs. Absolutely. And and it seems like Instagram is by far the biggest home for this kind of thing, more than the other social media platforms. I think Facebook is a distant second. Um, an artist once told me that that the, the best part about Facebook for, for art is that it, because of the sharing function, it has the biggest chance of like going viral mm. on Facebook. But it seems like everybody's attention in the art world is, is almost entirely on, on Instagram. Um, and, and I find it interesting... Um, some artists really seem to um, sort of embrace and harness the power of, of Instagram. Some people seem to think it's more like a necessary evil. And then other artists, like big artists, even kind of shun it. Um, like who? Yeah, and I'm curious just, oh, I don't know, like uh, like Roa, for example, is like a, mm. a, a huge artist from Belgium that, that basically has no Instagram presence whatsoever. I just find that kind of interesting that they for whatever reason, have chosen not to use it. But, um, but I, I'm curious, as, as an artist yourself, what, what your sort of feelings are about it or what sort of advantages or, or annoyances you see from uh, it. I personally do probably about 40% of my business at this point through Instagram in the, in the, in the print world. Uh, the original world, which is my main thing, commissions and originals, I probably do 10% where it used to be 0%. I feel like Instagram is a great connector and it's a great place to share. Uh, but you can't be too comfortable with that because everything always changes and evolves and morphs. And so we don't know what the next iteration of Instagram is going to be. And that's that's why you have to be... Yeah, it's great to share to share the work. And more and more, I've, I've kept my myself out of the fray and put my art into into the you know into the square composition or now not square anymore obviously so whatever but it does generate you know this ability to reach a, to reach a client or a consumer who would not necessarily have ever seen your work it's an incredible platform now i have a complicated relationship with social media and I think that's probably because I'm awful at it. And so I recognize that I don't like it because I'm not good at it. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's all about access. And for a lot of art consumers, this access is incredible. It's seductive because mm -hmm. you DM an artist and you're going to probably hear back. And we've never 
been in this situation before where you can tap into the actual person behind the work that you want to acquire. But on the other hand, I think that access, that there should be a limit to that because I doubt Jeff Koons is answering (laughs) DMs. You know, Damien Hurst is definitely not. And I think that it's great for artists selling at a certain price point or maybe artists at a certain level. And then after that, it just damages your brand. And I think another issue that I just get Mm. so annoyed by is that certain artist friends of mine who are working today, they use social media to predict the work that they're about to do. So they'll say, oh, that post didn't really land well. So then the next work that I'm going (laughs) to do is going to be different because they care about the likes over the authenticity of their design. And that really frustrates me. Who cares if people like it? Let me address a little bit of that. And then I have a question for you. But uh, I think that number one, you can't answer everybody. I mean, like I get people asking me the craziest shit. Like you can't even believe the shit that I get asked. It's it's fine. You want to share the tattoo you got of my painting? You know, you that's wanna, cool. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Uh, you you know, you got my my painting tattooed on your back or your arm or whatever. That's dope. But you want to ask me like question over and over and over again? I just don't have the bandwidth to to answer that. You know, and I don't really want my uh, assistant to just be answering everybody either. It's just, it's, it's, it's too much. It's too much access, which is right. So you have to shut it down. But at the same time, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to respond to, to really legitimate questions or, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to write a, Hey, boo, how, what painting influence you? Cause you know, you start getting people who are asking the craziest shit. Like what's the most influential? I'm like, I don't know, man, look it up. Like, you know, cause, but at the other end is, Hey, uh, a real legitimate question. I don't know what it is off the top of my dome, but a real legitimate question you want to respond because you have, there's something really intimate and beautiful about connecting to your fan. And if you're an artist from the street or an artist like myself, and you really are an artist for the people, by the people, of the people, and you want to be that person, then it's a really beautiful thing. Um, So I have a question for you. Do you get stupid ass questions too or do you i mean i'm sure you get a lot of questions yeah Yeah. like what what's the dumbest shit yeah people always want to know what's the most what's the i know superlatives so what is is the dumbest shit that's great well you get you get people asking you questions all the time right i do but there's a lot of a lot of questions about um sort of a, a piece of art they've come across and asking if I know who painted it and stuff like that. Um, and, and that stuff's kind of fun. It's fun to interact with people in that way. But I'm, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit to come up, uh, come okay. up with some Well, we can circle back to that. But. I have a question for you. So as social media, as far as it's a tool, in what ways do you think it is the most effective tool? Like what does social media do that artists weren't able to achieve prior to it? Um. I mean, I, I guess it's it's interesting to me the way that that uh, social media, specifically for artists, lets them become sort of like their own gatekeeper, and there doesn't have to be a middleman anymore. Um, and that relates to something that we were talking about a little bit before that I'd love to hear your thoughts on. Just times in history, maybe where like different types of like where the media landscape changed, and it sort of changed the way people were able to hear about art, or or who controlled like what the that what tastes were being said, or what that that kind of stuff. Anyway. Yeah, totally. So I think that the Industrial Revolution in the latter half of the 19th century is really the closest equivalent to what's going on now. And at that point, that's when the 
industrial landscape was just totally redefining how people existed in the world and their role within whatever job they were uh, or they identified with. So agriculture was soon replaced with industrial machines. And within the space of art, that's when photography was invented or that's when it was conceptualized and then invented in 1839. And I think that that was a really big change because before photography, art was really only available to people who had a lot of money and could pay for somebody and sit for a portrait. And so the residual of that is that we only have portraits of people who were very wealthy. And now all of a sudden, art is a more democratizing tool and available to the middle class. And I think what you were saying about cutting out the middleman, maybe that's the equivalent with social media today because artists don't have to be shown at a gallery. Artists don't have to have that kind of tastemaker. And so in that respect, I think that that the exchange between artist and consumer is becoming more democratic. Yeah. And so I like that. I think that that's a really interesting parallel. And although I am totally resistant to certain things about social media, because I think that when we thumb through our lives, then we don't actually experience our lives. But I think that if we can use it selectively and in a focused way, that this can be just as revolutionary as when the Industrial Revolution occurred, that we just have to to do it with care. Yeah, I think that it's definitely changed the market. It used to be, even when I was coming up in the 90s, that you had to go through the gallery system. You had to show at the gallery, you had to get into a museum, you had to have an art dealer, you had to have someone representing your work out there. I mean, even for illustration, you had to be in a book like the, you know, the Illustrator's Annual, you had to be in the Alternative Pick, you had to be on one of those books to, to showcase your work. And now you just pop, pop a photo on Instagram and you have direct access. And so that's really that's really damaged the gallery landscape because galleryists can't, uh, you know, you can, you can circumvent the galleryists, go right to the artist. So that's good and bad, you know what I mean? Because it's, it's hurt the gallery, hurt the galleries, but, and even with Dame, you know, Damien Hurst, speaking of Damien Hurst earlier, like he, he jumped Sotheby's and uh, Christie's and went right to his own auction, right? I mean, that was a really big play saying like, I don't really fucking need you. You know, I have... What did he have? He had fame. He already had money. He already had the, <laughs> the legitimacy. And he just, he just jumped it and went to his own little auction, which was big. And so I think now uh, systems always change. And so what is the new system? I think, it's, I think it's, we don't know the answer to that. I think the systems are always evolving. But I think that the old systems are slowly uh, going out of fashion and we don't know what the new evolution is going to be so it's an it's an interesting and fascinating time and social media has a big part of that plays a big role in that huge and i think there are also tons of pitfalls and one that i've noticed and i'd love to hear your thoughts on this is that since people put so much of themselves or they curate a certain aspect of themselves through their social media, sometimes that makes you like their art more and sometimes it makes you like the art less. Mm -hmm. And there are certain artists, I love the stuff when it's isolated on the street, but then I see that they're only posting photos of themselves looking glamorous in front of their art or it's all about them and that mm -hmm. makes me like the work less. Do you ever encounter that? Um... I definitely do. I try to, I try, I actually 
try hard to sort of like separate the the personality that comes through sometimes from the art, but it, the the personality that comes through sometimes in social media is a little bit of a turnoff to the art. I I agree. So but I think who, most artists are most street artists though. I think are nameless and faceless, right? And it's really about the work. A little, I would say a little cool. less so than they used to be. I mean, I think mm-hmm. that uh, they've sort of like in the last few years come out of the shadows a little bit more, and I, I see more people kind of like uh, coming out in front of the camera and. Um, there's less of it. I, I think that a few years ago, especially there was more of fear that, um, you know, like the, the police would, would use social media to build a case against these vandals. And that's, mm-hmm. that's sort of, uh, depends on the city, I think, but it's softened up in, in a lot of cities, I think. Oh, that's a really interesting be. point. And mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense. Why would you want even a silhouette of your face? Because then that connects you to the vandalism, right? Oh, I wonder if there have been any cases where, the, um, where a cop would go through the Instagram account to try to... Oh, my God. I think for sure. I think for sure, especially in New York. I've heard stories like that. Yeah, and and I've heard of people getting arrested, and they went in, and the cops would have a whole book full of uh, photos they've taken from social media, and they're asking people (laughs) to sort of, like, identify other people by their work (laughs) and things like that. So I don't know how much of that still goes on, but it seems like it's, uh, at least in L.A., it's sort of uh, softened a bit on that since, since, um, I don't know, the last five years or so, but... So where do you see the evolution of social media going? I don't actually know. Um, I, I would say that um, I think Instagram will be a big deal for, for a little while ahead, but I don't know where we go after this. I mean, augmented stuff and virtual reality. I mean, as long as um, social media is a thing um, on your phone, I think Instagram will be a big deal. But, but um, I'm, I'm very curious to see what's next. I have no idea. I don't look at me because you know what I mean? I mean, like I said, I think the systems, the systems changing, but I think the main system, you know, the auction houses, it's just almost like the stock market, you know, like it's still going strong. There is definitely an antiquated system that has so much power that it's not going to change. You know, there's still, there's still going to be the, the people at the very, very top who are not going to move, you know, all of the undercurrent can change. The swirling energy will shift directions, but the powers that be are going to be systematically in place for a very, very long time. They're gonna, they're gonna do the same thing they always do. They're gonna, they're gonna build artists up and pull the pull the rug out from them. They're gonna support the artists that are already making the money. You know, they're gonna pump and dump. You know what I mean? Pump them up and dump them. Never, you know. I've never heard it in that context oh, yeah, no, before. It's the same as the stock market, the pump and dump. <laughs> uh, and they're gonna. It's gonna be the same people. You're not gonna. You know, Gagosian's not gonna change. You know, those kind of people are just gonna remain at the top. Uh, and but this, what what is interesting, like you said about the democratization and and really, it, it the middle class, the middle class will have much more movement uh, and much more freedom, and people will also get notoriety and fame. And I think, and you tell me if this is true, but I think a lot of people who are who are big on Instagram have a certain celebrity status and are also like known and, and get recognized by people in the higher echelons of the art community. I, I totally agree. Um, I mean, the idea of, yeah, f- sort of followers as currency to me is, is pretty fascinating. And then you also see a lot of accounts and artists that clearly like buy their followers and buy their likes and and oh yeah that's not okay yeah <laughs> it's so but obvious though it like is, i don't understand it is, the, it is very obvious. i don't understand like why anyone does that 
It well, bumps the numbers, but you can tell by the interactions, like, oh my God, this guy's got a million followers, but he had like 14 likes on his page. It's <laughs> I like, know, yo, it's true. you don't have, you clearly don't have a million followers. Because if you had a million followers, you have to have a certain amount of likes and interactions. But I think they do it because corporations, and you've done a lot of work with, uh, corporations and artists, and so you can better speak to this. But I've heard that they'll say, "Oh, get me an artist," and it has the following has to be a certain number or more. And so maybe they're not looking at the engagement; they just want to see either that certification check, which I don't think you can buy, or just the the sheer number of followers. Isn't that true? Yeah, for sure. I've heard that said a lot of times. Yeah, and it, if you don't take a closer look, maybe you don't realize that it's sort of a, a fake uh, number, but. Can you tell us some artists to look out for that you've posted about that are really that you really love? I don't mention me. It's it's embarrassing. I just don't <laughs> want to. It's like it's just I, I don't want to even hear it. But go ahead. You can mention me if you want. I'm trying to think who I can think of that's sort of like up and coming. But um, I really like those guys, Bohemia Incorporated. That um, Lizzie and I had a, had a meeting with them recently. Um, they're they're. Uh, or can I talk about their background at all? Uh, a little bit. They're a collective. That's okay. maybe what we can say. Yeah, right. <laughs> They're a collective that that do this this kind of like three D street art mm-hmm. that they put up uh, on, mostly on the west side on on in Santa Monica. Sometimes mm-hmm. on the freeway, like they mm-hmm. had this like Mario character, like from Super Mario Brothers, coming out of a pipe. Mm-hmm. Um, this mermaid that was living on the side of the freeway for a long time. It's like it's it's sort of a sculpture three D piece that they put on walls. Them, I, I I love what those guys are doing. Are any artists you think that are overrated? Like, you know, in basketball, I think some people are, it's fair to say some people are overpaid, right? They're never, they never really hit their expectation. I think that's the same in in art. I think it's everything. I wouldn't want to name names for this, but I do think that it's kind of interesting, the whole idea that um, some artists sort of paint these walls seemingly just for the sake of an Instagram background. And then you see sort of like influencers quote unquote on, on Instagram, mm. just taking pictures of it. Mm. Uh, I don't always think it's like the greatest art, but, like who? um, <laughs> maybe like James Goldcrown. <laughs> I don't like, it's so bad. We're not supposed to say names, but you know, the love wall or anyone where mm. it seems like it's pandering. Now I will okay, say so I've to, never, to... I've never talked to James about his work. Mm. And so maybe there's some incredible intention that I just don't know. Mm-hmm. But you can see when you pass something mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, you're doing that because you're hoping that an influencer is going to take a photo in front. I see. But don't you think like your friend who does the wings, isn't that the same thing? Because it's like an interactive statement. So is it pandering or is it interactive? Uh, but you love her. I know you love her work and you yes. really love her. Okay. What's her name? So Colette Miller. You love and- Colette Miller and, and you're telling me that Colette Miller is not pandering yes, by doing wings? I am totally. And okay. I'm so, and this is why. I don't know. Like right. I, I see people taking every fucking time I drive down Sunset, there's a, there's a, there's a tourist with the camera taking know, a picture like with a the wings. Bus. So I'm thinking like, of course they've got to be pandering to some extent because, and that's what it is. It's an interactivity. That's so what that's the work's why, about. Right. And it's participatory, and that's why I think that it's so successful. But the thing that people don't know about Colette is that she's been doing this since 2012. And I don't know when Instagram came up, but if you've ever met Colette, you know that she's not pandering to anybody. Why? Why? Yeah. Well... I'll just tell you the expectation that I had before I met her. I thought that she was going to be some Fred, 20... the mics are not on. Is Colette pandering or not? No. No, the he mic's knows off. <laughs> a little bit? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, she's not, for sure. She's a purist. She was in, in a Guar. Lot of of the she word, was but... the first female... Do you know Guar 
It's this political. I thought you were going to tell me like for some crazy second, like she did two two tours, uh, you know, in the war or something. I was like, <laughs> oh, shit. Well, okay. That's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> yeah, but she could still be right. pandering. Anyway, Colette is not in her 20s. She is definitely a mid-career artist. Mm-hmm. And she just has a deep sincerity to her that you know if you've met her. I hear and, you. Yeah. And so do I think that she has benefited from social media? Absolutely. Yeah, it's huge. Of like her thing is totally huge. Yeah, but I don't think that yeah. <laughs> she ever has adjusted her design for the social media attention. Okay, so that, and okay, that so is that, the difference. That's, that's, the, defini- that's the definition of pandering. Right. So, so you think that there's definitely a lot of people who do do that, right? I mean, I guess, yeah. but, and, and it's the same thing with what you spoke about earlier. Like people will put something out. If it's not loved, they'll take it down. Or they'll be like, I don't know why I can't. But, you know, that gets to, you know, every artist who's really huge, and they say this thing, and I'm telling you it's bullshit. I'm, like, just fucking telling you. I watched Blurred Lines, which is a documentary about the art world. Have you seen it? Not yet. Anybody out there who hasn't watched Blurred Lines, watch Blurred Lines. Uh, It's a documentary. It's very, very, very well done. It's about the art world and how insidious it is, how interesting it is, how fascinating it is. But one thing that all the artists say, whether it's Coons or whoever... They're like, I just don't create for anyone by my, but myself. Actually, I just create in a bubble. I don't know what's going on in the outside world. Uh, I don't even I care. BS. I don't even care what's going on in the outside world. I create for myself. So the second anyone tells me anything, yee, I want to hear it. I just create for me. And that's bullshit. So in an ideal world, we would all do that. But we're influenced even on an ancestral DNA level. You know, by our collective unconscious, we're 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 just influenced by art because we're part of you know we're bipedal hominid primates, so we we have to be influenced by our ancestors, right? So even if you're living in an insane asylum, you're influenced by other shit. Yeah, that's Van not Gogh a bubble. was influenced by everything, and he created by himself in Arles by himself. But I feel like that's you know we have to be. And so we have to, we all pander, even if we don't mean to. And I, but I guess there's there's degrees of it. If you just do it, you know, to do it, then it it starts to become like, well, what are you doing? And I think that consumers are smart, and I think that you can tell when somebody is doing when their strategy is for your approval rather than for their own necessity to create. I think that people get it. And maybe not right away, but talent is going to rise to the top. And I think that people's use of social media, that that is a part of it. And I know that we need to wrap up. So question for Fred. How do you see impermanent art evolving in the future? What would you, what direction would you really like to go with that? Is it going to become more permanent is the question. (laughs) Um, As far as the the social media aspect of it goes, I I, I don't know. I'm going to keep doing... What I'm doing on Instagram, um, if if a new social media platform somehow comes out that seems to have legs, then I'll try to jump on that early for sure, so you, you don't get left behind. Um, but other than that, I'm, I've I've just sort of grown Impermanent also into a bit of a, a public art and mural agency, and I've been trying to get involved more in uh, helping make art projects happen. So I'm just gonna try and hustle and get more and more of that going. That's awesome. I think that's great. I think the more platforms we have for art, especially from a, the private sector in a lot of ways, which is really what you know you you are, uh, I think it's a great thing because there's just not enough programs for for artists, for kids, uh, enough awareness about it. 
and there's certainly a lot of artists out there who need to get to to be elevated and to be chaperoned into this horrible career. Just kidding. <laughs> that I've chosen my entire life. Um, okay, well, thank you. And for since everything. we've already outlined, yes, thank you so much. Since now all the listeners know that you are very attractive, I've just <laughs> I keep on hearing over and over what kind of underwear are you wearing? <laughs> I'm wearing Tommy John. Tommy underwear. John. Hey, Tommy John. <laughs> and that's not a joke. Tommy John needs to pay us way more. I know. All of, all of this. This is gold. <laughs> Tommy. Tommy John is the best underwear. That's, a, that's, a, that's the only one that doesn't bunch in my, in my pants, by the yeah. way. Between the mentions, yeah, on the Howard Stern show and here, I, I had, to, had to get some Tommy John. Yeah, and also, by the way, Fred, <laughs> just so you know, this uh, Saturday, which is going to be June 9th, from 6 to 7, we are doing our first live broadcast at Pollen on Echo Park Avenue, 2100 Echo Park Avenue, live broadcast at Pollen. And Lizzie and I will be battling, talking about different variations of, or different gradations of the art world. Uh, topic to be yet disclosed because we want to surprise everybody. But it's going to be live and it's going to be free vegan donuts. It's going to be free coffee it's going to be dj Lido is playing it's going to be an incredible time this saturday you got to get tickets at eventbrite so get your tickets because there's only a few and it's free open to the public all ages and free prints by bua yeah i'm giving away free prints yay all right thanks everyone we will thank you to tommy john too so make sure that if you go to tommyjohn.com for men and women both Enter an art attack and receive your free, <laughs> free nothing, 20% off. There you go. <laughs> Nothing's free in this world. Only Boo Prince. Okay. Bye, guys. <laughs>